When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I, I had a, I had a uh, freeze there for a moment. Don't want to get the day wrong right off the top. Uh, we appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've got a lot to dive into. Let me give you a little bit of a road times. Uh, he's going to join us at 1 o'clock Eastern. 2 o'clock Eastern, our friend, I think probably the best at analyzing all of this crazy lawfare that is going on anywhere in media. Uh, Andy McCarthy is going to join us, former prosecutor uh, in New York. And uh, that's where I think we have to start. we got border uh, shenanigans continuing uh, on Capitol Hill, Senate and House. What is going to happen? Joe Biden came out, and we need to talk about this a little bit because I think he set himself as political trap, not surprisingly, saying he will uh, veto any bill that gets to him providing aid for Israel that doesn't include border security and or money for Ukraine, uh, I would tell you, Republicans, that is a heck of a win and would further, I think, create division inside of the Democrat Party as it pertains to which side are you on. Are you on the side of the Palestinians or are you on the side of the Israelis, a decision that is not very difficult for Republicans right now. But we began, we've talked about this, there's going to be, monstrous amounts of conversation surrounding the lawfare for Trump in the next nine months, potentially beyond. It is probably the most signature element of the 2024 campaign so far, the attempt by Democrats to put Donald Trump in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, what exactly is the scope of presidential power, of presidential immunity? That is what is being argued, among many other things, in our federal courts right now. And this morning, the D.C. Court of Appeals, as we told you was likely to happen, uh, ruled that Trump did not have immunity from the charges that were brought on January 6th by Joe Biden's Department of Justice with Jack Smith as the prosecuting attorney. Um, this uh, set off 
absolute joyous cavalcades uh, of, of 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 praise throughout the media. We have a montage of that breaking news. We'll then contextualize for you what it means and where we go from here. Again, this was not a surprise, despite the fact the left-wing media reacted as if Trump were now being sent to prison. Listen. This is an NBC News special report. This is a CBS News special report. Important topic. So there is breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. We have major breaking news. We have major breaking news now. I have to get to. And this comes from that D.C. appeals court that had taken up this issue of presidential immunity. Former President Trump does not enjoy presidential immunity. Donald Trump is not immune. Donald Trump can face trial on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. It's the old adage, no man or woman is above the law. No president is above the law. Okay, so what this means, Buck, is I would expect, and, I, and they may have already announced that they're going to do it, this is a three-judge uh, panel of the D.C. Court of Appeals. The Trump would now have the right to say, I want to appeal to the full court. Uh, there could be a determination made on that. I would expect that he would do that. And then the appeal would go to the Supreme Court. I would expect that there will be enough votes to take up this case and that they would issue some sort of ruling in June alongside of another component of this case, which has to do with two of the charges Jack Smith brought and whether or not they are uh, able to be brought. Also, we still have Maine and Colorado trying to take him off the ballot. Buck, I, I, I see all this, and it reminds me of constitutional law when I was in uh, uh, law school. And you would take your exam, and they would just come up with all sorts of different hypotheticals that no one had ever contemplated before, and you had to decide what the court was likely to do. This just feels like an exercise in crazy law theory courses being applied in real time, and it may just end up deciding who wins the presidency in 2024. So that is that is my biggest takeaway. What was your reaction this morning when you saw this? We don't know, right? Uh, the celebration, I'm a big... Uh, proponent of, of an adage, uh, which I don't know if other people say this. I've always just said don't celebrate early because I think it's particularly psychologically crushing, right? You know, it's the high stepping into the end zone, end zone clay and getting nailed at the five yard line. Like, no, you didn't score a touchdown. Like don't start, don't start celebrating unless you're, you're damn sure you're going to win or you're going to, you know, get where you need to go. Um, the appeals court decision, as we are going to discuss, the, possibilities it goes to the full en banc right interesting that yes. use the french here i know so feel like a francophile the en banc hearing which means all the judges um i think he'll i think he'll lose again on that there was actually a pretty decent um center right kind of appeals court judge in the mix on the three already that said no you don't have total immunity so with that in in uh in play i, I don't think that you're going to see this go a different way even if they go to the en banc uh, and then beyond that, you have the Supreme Court. Are they going to do a expedited, uh, are they going to agree to hear it? And are they going to agree to hear it in an expedited fashion, right? So this is multiple layers or multiple levels of the decision tree that could still very much affect things. I have to leave in my mind, Clay, the possibility 
that the Democrats have not completely screwed this whole thing up for themselves by uh, waiting to charge and misunderstanding the process that the charges would uh, kick off in such a way that none of the trials happen before the election. And I think the, I think the Bragg trial on its own, I, I don't know if he wants to bring that case. I, I think he may decide, you know, we got to wait on this a little bit or back of the docket because I'm not sure he could win that even in New York. I'm not sure I should say maybe. Um, but even if he does win, I think people are going to say that that's just a, that's atrocious. I mean, that whole thing is a joke. So there is a chance here that they messed up everything. Got to keep that in mind as a possibility. The other possibility is that the timing of this sets the one trial that could really be the game changer right in the absolute height of the election, and they would just ignore the DOJ guidance that they wouldn't do that because they've ignored all the other guidance. So that's the question, right? Because I think now, and and I said this before, the earliest that this trial could start is probably sometime in late July, early August. That That's how I would, if you look, the Supreme Court's going to have to issue multiple rulings. I think the Supreme Court will hold uh, at least one of these cases until the final day that they release opinions in June. It's probably going to take a month at least to seat a jury. You've got July 4th all kind of rolling in there. I, I think if I were setting an over-under on when the Jack Smith case could start, it it might well be August. It could start, and this is even crazier, Buck, it could start during the Republican National Convention if you look at the actual calendar. Um, you could have a situation where Trump is sitting in a court in Washington, D.C. and flying to Milwaukee to deliver his acceptance speech. The case is probably going to last two, three months from the time they start it. So it might end, Buck, in September, in October. I just, I look at, and remember, he has to be there in, in court every day. The defendant has to be present. I don't understand how anyone with a functional brain could say this is anything other than a I mean, I mean, legitimately, a direct attack on democracy itself, even more than usual if they have it during the fall and late summer. I think that the way that this gets justified is after the fact, if Trump is found guilty in that J6 trial, nothing else will matter in terms of the process to the people who are sitting on the fence, wondering about it, hold on a second, this feels dirty to me. I think if they get a conviction, uh, they will say that this was a more important, uh, this was more important to the process and to our sacred democracy and yada yada, uh, than anything about DOJ guidance and, and, and election interference that the people should know. I, so I think that they have that baked in. I think if they're able to get a, a conviction in that trial, but we sit here and we have, like I said, Clay, there's so many trap doors or so many different ways that you can turn in the maze. Um, who knows, right? I mean, the Supreme Court could take a different uh, approach on this than we think they will. The timing of it all, the timing almost matters. Well, no, the timing matters more than the decisions in the sense that you may not even get to decisions before the election happens. So the timing matters a lot. Even if the timing goes against Trump, the decisions will matter a lot. And then the opinion of the electorate based on the possible verdicts is not set in stone either. So the truth is, anyone who's telling you that they know, they don't know. There's a lot that can go here in different directions. 
Um, and that's what, like, the celebration of this that you saw in the media. They just, you know what though, Clay? How many of the people that are saying, oh my gosh, it's great. Trump doesn't have immunity. You think they know any of these staffs? No. Their staffs are going to be informing them in the weeks ahead. They have no idea. They don't do their own homework. No, and, and I think the best pitch for the Republican Party here, to me, is they're going to try to argue, Buck, this case has to happen before the election because voters need to know all of the facts before they make a decision about who the president of the United yes. States should be. That's the totally. argument they're going to make. My counter to that argument is, and I think this is a pretty compelling argument, do you want 12 jurors sitting in a rigged uh courtroom jurisdiction of Washington, D.C., making a determination about whether Trump is or is not guilty, or do you want 150 million voters to be able to go to vote on whether they think Trump deserves to still be president? Again, that to me is the case. Like, If you're trying to argue, hey, it's important, everybody needs to know what Trump did on January 6th because they need to factor that into their decision-making, is there anybody who's not already factoring that into their decision-making? Is there anything that Jack Smith is going to present? I haven't seen anything so far that's different than what has already been presented by the January 6th committee, by all of the media out there, by all the Democrats and their partisan allies. I don't think so. And so if I have a choice between, hey, I want 12 people on a jury to try to determine what whether or not Trump should suffer consequences for this, or... 150 million voters nationwide, the verdict of 150 million people is more reliable to me than the verdict of 12, especially when those 12 people we know are likely to be 95% partisan Democrats. Do you think that at some point during this election cycle there's going to be a lot of talk about Biden policy versus Trump policy? No, I, I feel like this is, yeah, this is just going to be... All the legal stuff and then a lot of invective from both sides about the incompetence or the uh, unfitness of the other individual from the other team. And that's really it. I, mean, it's, it's, I feel like this, this will turn into, it already is, but it'll just be one big continuous food fight. I think the border may be a battle where that's very beneficial and there is a discrete difference in how that would be handled. Other, but to your point, we're getting into a situation where I, th- I think the election is going to come down to two factors for most people. It's going to be Biden's, if he's the nominee, Biden's physical and mental, and we'll play some latest clips for you, incompetence, which 75% of Americans believe, versus Trump's legal peril. For the independent voters out there, which of those two issues is the most disqualifying when it comes to kind of holding your nose and making a vote. I'm not talking about the partisans on either side. I'm talking about the people who are going to decide in October. I think that's going to be the two issues that they're weighing. You know, you you need uh, people in tech who believe in free speech and believe in the fundamental principles uh, this country was founded on. And there are some out there, but you got to find them and you got to support them. A company that shares your values and that operates in the tech space that you could be using every day is Pure Talk. Pure Talk is a wireless company. It's my wireless company, and they truly believe in the same America you do. So you don't just vote on Election Day. You vote with the companies you do business with day in and day out. So Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. So we're getting you a much better price 
and alignment of core values when you switch to Pure Talk for your cell phone company. Unlimited plans start at just $20 a month. The average size family saves about $1,000 a year. Pure Talk is a veteran-owned company that employs 100% of their company's customer service team right here in the U.S. Ideological alignment, U.S.-based jobs, better price, better customer service. These are things that Pure Talk will get you. Make the switch today. Do what I did. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to join your fellow Americans and get the best cell phone company out there. Dial pound 250 on your phone right now. Say Clay and Buck and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. From the front lines of freedom and truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. One variable, we were just talking about all the legal variables out there for this election. We're now in an election year, so we're going to be talking about it a lot. But one thing to keep in mind is, and it also goes into the known unknown category, I guess, right? Because... We know the economy is going to matter. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. Um, what is the market going to look like? What is employment going to look like? How is job creation going to be going uh, as we get closer and closer? Here is the Fed Chair Jerome Powell 
who is saying, um, by the way, we're spending too much money, everybody. Play 19. Is the national debt a danger to the economy, in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. It's time for us to get back to putting a priority on fiscal sustainability and sooner is better than later so clay you know the rate the rate cuts look like they're going to be held until later on in the year here's what i think ends up happening they do everything they can to make the economy you know i mean they pull every lever they have they do everything they can to make the economy look as good as they can just around the time that people are going to be determining who they vote for if I were Joe Biden's team, I would be demanding a rate cut in March, and I would be demanding a rate cut in May. I don't know if Biden's even adroit enough, skilled enough with understanding basic economics to go out and make that argument. Remember, to his credit, I think Trump understood interest rates better than almost any president we've ever had because they're so integral to almost every real estate deal that is put together. And Trump would regularly say that the Fed was trying to put the brake on his economic expansion. That the and 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 I think he was right. And I'm curious whether Biden is going to be able to make that argument because I will say I think rates should start to come down this spring. Um, if they hold off in March and May and don't do it, then that's going to be a hard argument to make. I think they'll definitely come down in the summer and into the fall. But they're not going to come down that much. And if you still have 7% mortgage rates out there, it's hard to argue to people things are getting a lot better. Did, did you see that the median-priced house, to be able to afford it, uh, you need a $140,000 household income right now? Yeah, it's crazy. Hundred and forty grand. The average household income is a little less than half that, I think. Yep. So that's not a good place for the economy. No. There are lots of places where it makes more sense to rent, honestly, uh, than it does to buy anything, which is not a good place to be either. Uh, look, you know what everybody needs? Uh, more energy in their life. We know Joe Biden needs more energy in his life. The whole Biden White House needs more energy. I mean, they hide him. They don't have him out doing any kind of physical uh, you know, events. He doesn't have a lot of vim, vigor, and vitality in his life. If you want more energy in your own life, and I know I need it. Uh, I got three kids that I'm chasing around. I got a kid who came back last night. I had to pick him up at 2 a.m. at the airport. Then I got to get up early in the morning and everything else. You're out there. Maybe you want a little bit of an extra vitality. How about Chalk? They'll hook you up in a big way. And right now through the end of February, Chalk's offering a massive discount on any subscription for life. Not available to everyone, but it's available to you. If you go to choq.com, use the code CLAY to unlock it. February only offer choq. Dot com. Go today. Use my name, Clay, as the code. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, the news on the uh, D.C. Circuit, the three-judge panel. We've been talking about that, um, the uh, media montage of that news. Reminder, we've got Dave McCormick running for the Senate from Pennsylvania next hour. Third hour, Andy McCarthy will break down all of the legal aspects. But I, I said earlier, Buck, and I don't know if you subscribe to this, if you try to boil it down. To me, the race, presuming it's Trump v. Biden, is going to come down to what troubles you more, Trump's legal peril and the issues associated with that, or Biden's mental and physical deterioration. I'm not talking about traditional Republican and Democrat voters. People have lined up and they have their own opinions there. 
I'm talking about the people in the middle that are persuadable. And every time Biden speaks, it feels like now something he either says or he falls or he, you know, walks like a, a, a zombie and, and looks like someone who is not well, even in the physical movements. Yeah. Yesterday, I believe this was staff. Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I believe this was yesterday. Joe Biden was trying to tell a story about meeting with the leaders of the G7. And he talked specifically about talking with the leader of France. Initially, he said it was the leader of Germany. He said that that was Francois Mitterrand is who he had the conversation with. This is yesterday. Initially, I want you to listen because I understand a lot of you out there, you're not like, like Buck and me. You're not necessarily experts on every leader of a foreign European nation. But what I want you to understand is Mitterrand, who he references first as the president of Germany, then the president of France, actually died in 1996, nearly 30 years ago. Listen to this. You know, right right, right after I was elected, I went to what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was in in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Fuck. Mitterrand has been dead for 28 years. The leader of France, I think a lot of you probably know this, is Emmanuel Macron because he's been there a long time, relatively young guy. I think he's been in office now for like six years or so, Buck. And even if you didn't know that, it's a pretty big whiff to get that wrong. Married his teacher, who is 30 years his senior, Super I weird. Yep, that's super like weird. That. I agree. Yes, very French. Very French situation. <laughs> that is fair to say. I don't think that the French are kind of just like, oh, whatever, you know, love is love, and uh, they didn't really they didn't really think it's Macron, a, I don't, I don't think fair. you could pull that off in America. So Macron is the only man in a position of power in the history of the world that I'm aware of who has married someone 20 years older than him. <laughs> this, well, that, it started when he was in high school. He was I a know, teenager. it's super, it's super weird, but I'm saying like, uh, usually if anything, men are ending up, especially men with power and money, they end up with women younger than them. Uh, Macron is like the only global leader I can remember to say nothing of the fact that he married his teacher, which is so weird but that he would uh, marry somebody 20 years older. Now, Buck, for the dementia front, it's one thing to people say, well, no, look, Trump got a, a, Nancy everyone Pelosi gets it. mixed it, up. It shows, yes. him, it shows where this is with, with Biden. Okay, fine. Clay, I've been saying this all along, and, and it's I don't enjoy saying this, but I think that it, people just, enough people don't care. I don't think that people care. I think that they... I wonder what it would take. I had said, I think, on this show for the first time, maybe it was now almost two years ago, that if they have to, they will wheel Biden across uh, the finish line, literally and figuratively, uh, in a wheelchair uh, with a blanket over his knees and him drinking out of a sippy cup, and they will be unselfconscious as a party about this as long as they can get it done. I just wonder what it is. I mean, what? why is it that people now... We refer to these individuals as leaders, and a fundamental portion of that should be, well, wisdom and judgment, uh, wisdom and decision making. And I don't think that Joe Biden is actually one of my uh, one of my brothers pointed this out just a few days ago. We we're talking, 
because you always say he he couldn't do any job at Outkick, which is obviously true. But it's as though Joe Biden, the only job in existence in America where he does get paid, right, makes like four hundred grand a year. The only job in America that Joe Biden could do and is apparently qualified for is president of the United States. There is no other job, not preschool teacher, not fireman, not accountant, not ice cream scooper, no other job in America that he would be qualified to do except for be the leader of the free world. That's the situation we're in right now, and it's a little weird, Clay. It's it, it just keeps getting worse. Whenever I say that, people, by the way, will fire back, and they'll say that in a funny way, and I think maybe this, they say he could be a Walmart greeter. Basically, Joe Biden could be a Walmart greeter, or Democrats would argue the president of the United States. And the analogy is not just outkick. Joe Biden couldn't do a job at our radio show. He couldn't do a job at a gas station. I don't, I don't believe he could be a Walmart greeter has to be able to stand on their feet for a long you period of time. You may be right. He I don't think, he, I think those people are giving way too much credit to Joe Biden and not understanding the rigors of the Walmart greeting, <laughs> uh, situation. I mean, if that's true, and I, now that you say it, I don't, I, I, what's the longest period of time that we see Joe Biden actually stand? I, I, I don't know that he could stand in the front of a Walmart for like three hours and say hi to anyone. That's a, that's a great point. I, I don't know how long those jobs exist, but that, that is, I, I'm not sure that he's capable of doing that. And this is why, Buck, he's not doing, did you see this story, the Super Bowl interview? He yeah. usually, Historically, the president, as a part of the pregame, they have like nine hours of interviews and, you know, stories. And a lot of you will sit down. You'll be eating your, you know, buffalo wings. You'll be having your pizza and everything else. And you'll be getting ready for the game. And I don't know, three hours before kickoff, couple hours before the kickoff, president sits down and does a relatively light interview with whatever network is putting on the Super Bowl. Last year, Biden declined the invite from Fox. And some people said, well... Maybe that's because of the Fox News connection. This year, he said no to CBS. Now, Trump, to his credit, came out and said, I'll do the interview. I'll sit and talk to anybody. It'll be the highest rated ever. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what it, Trump put out. It would be a very highly him. rated interview. Yes. The fact that CNN won't do it is really an extension of their town hall, which we recall cost the CBS. I'm sorry. Oh, you said PBS. CBS. I'm sorry. I thought no, no. CBS CNN. has got the Super Bowl on. Oh, CBS. Uh, I thought yeah. I heard CNN. My bad. But same, same yeah. idea, same principle applies. Yes. No, you're right. And but this is to me the the easiest interview that you can get for one of the largest audiences. Tens of millions of people would see it. You get to pick who's going to win the Super Bowl. It's very, very airy. Right. We're not talking about a detailed analysis of any sort of substantial issue on the horizon. Did Bill O'Reilly do it with Barack Obama a long time yeah, ago? Or my he did. I, that did happen, right? No. So there, yeah, there's a precedent. A Think about that. Bill O'Reilly and Barack Obama sat down. Barack Obama was willing to, to do that interview. Say what you will about Obama, but he did do the interview. Yes. The fact that Joe Biden isn't doing this even with friendly media just goes to show you. I, I, we've talked about this a lot. I, I think that they're... Um, they're just hoping to prevent an all-out moment of recognition of uh, scrambled eggs with Joe Biden, yes. where he just starts uh, blathering nonsense, which can happen to people as they re- reach that age, obviously, if they start to have dementia and things are not uh, functioning uh, in their you know cerebral cortex the way they're supposed to. So I think they're just their their view of it, Clay, is they need to avoid that at all costs. And so that means everything's going to be super scripted, very short, very tight, 
and uh, stage managed? I was super young when it happened, but my grandfather had Alzheimer's. Um, I said yesterday I was named after my two grandfathers, my dad's dad. And what I remember about it, Buck, is he could really remember things very well sometimes from when he was five or six years old and tell you a very detailed story, but then might think that I was his son as opposed to his grandson or sometimes not even know necessarily who he was talking to. That's very common. And when I hear Joe Biden talk now, the fact that he would remember Francois Mitterrand and think that he was having a conversation with him, I don't think this is just an example of getting a name confused. I think this is the same way he tried to talk to that dead congresswoman, Jackie uh, from, I don't remember her last name, apologies, but from Indiana. Where's Jackie, he said. And they had put out a condolence statement to Jackie, and he's asking for where she is. We also played you recently. He went to North Carolina and said he had just gotten his picture taken with the congresswoman who represented the district where he was appearing, and she was not there and had never been present on that day. He's telling stories about things that never happened and getting names and images yes, all conflated. And yet you and I could sit here and, and surmise, Clay, in advance, if Joe Biden uh, was at a point where he was sputtering and, and kind of drooling on himself and, and having some of those physiological realities of you know dementia and, and advanced age, don't you think the ladies of The View would say they still, you know, he can still say yes or no. He He's still better than Trump because of what he represents, right? I mean, there's, yes. I think that there's no, as long as Joe Biden, and I mean this, as long as Joe Biden has a heartbeat, as long as he is a, an individual who is alive, and in some way they can present him to the public, no matter how enfeebled, they will they will make the case that he is better than Donald Trump, and they will do so uh, mendaciously. They just don't care. Oh, look at you, vocab. I still think they're going to find a way to move on from him. But if they run the weekend at Bernie's two campaign, the precedent's already out there. Fetterman won by five in Pennsylvania. I mean, he did. So if they were willing to vote for Fetterman, who now seems like yeah. he's finally got some mental faculties back, Biden's not going to get better. I, I, well, see, difference. this is why these these polls about and we'll, what do you all think about? I almost I kind of did the all there by all. You're all, yeah, a, you're you, now you a all. Floridian. Sorry, I don't know what we say in Florida. There's apparently a Miami English that is now con- considered a new dialect. It was just written up, I think, the Wall Street Journal recently, um, and I'm I'm familiar with the words. Uh, but anyway, uh, I will not do an impression of it on the radio, but I could. Um, but uh, what do you what do you all think about this? Eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two, and um, also, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it a little bit. Um, but I I think that oh the polling clay. This is my frustration. It, all the polling says everyone thinks Joe Biden's too old for the job. Yeah, but they should always ask, even if you think he's too old for the job, you're going to vote for him? Because a lot of people, the answer is yes. You know, they know he's too old, but they don't care. They're still going to vote for him. All right, look, let's talk about something that is a smart thing for you to do. Owning a safe and having it in your home. Liberty Safe has always protected your guns and valuables from fire and theft, but they also protect your privacy with an industry leading set of privacy protections. In fact, they've recently increased their privacy measures to lead the industry one more time. Electronic safe locks from most manufacturers have a code to allow access if you're locked out. But Liberty Safe makes it easy for you to change or disable that code anytime. They believe your safe is your business, and Liberty Safe will help you keep it that way. Shop at LibertySafe.com for a customized Fortress Strong Liberty Safe 
with one-of-the-kind locking bars and best-in-class fire protection. You're going to love having a safe in your home. And when you shop at LibertySafe.com, use the code RADIO for an extra 10% discount for supporting safes made in America by Americans. You'll also get a free $60 value locking pistol vault with your Liberty Safe purchase. That's from them to you, this audience. Use promo code RADIO when you go to LibertySafe.com. Again, LibertySafe.com, promo code RADIO. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Clay Anbach. We're going to bring you up to speed with the latest on the border bill showdown in the next hour. Uh, we've also got uh, Dave McCormick, who is a uh, former uh, Army guy, um, ran a huge hedge fund, billionaire, running for Senate, you know. He's got one of those resumes. You're like, my God, how do you do all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk to him about some important things going on in the country. And then Andy McCarthy, third hour, going through the latest on the legal challenges uh, to Trump. But let's take some of your calls. As we said, we would. John in San Diego, what have you got for us? 
Okay, uh, you're wondering how this is going to work out with uh, the, the January 6th trial for Trump. Here's how the law works. When you're president, you get impeached. That's the accusation by the House. Then it goes to trial. That's the Senate, because the Senate is the jury of your peers when you're president. He was acquitted. He had his trial. It's done. Anything beyond that now is double jeopardy, which is unconstitutional by the Fifth Amendment. And that's how the Supreme Court's going to rule. I appreciate the call. I disagree with that. Uh, <clears throat> I disagree with that take. You can flag it. If I, I would love for that to be the way that the Supreme Court would rule. If they did, then that would mean that all the Jack Smith prosecutions of Trump would be disallowed. Um, I don't believe that that's the the pathway that they're going to take. You know, at, at some point you have to wonder. Okay, well, what does what does the law say about a an actual insurrection, right? You you have to actually compare this to the the real worst case scenario, not people rioting and and taking selfies and some of them uh, punching cops. Um, but an actual, you know, what would happen if you had a future? Let's take the names out of this. A future president who lost and said, okay. Um, I am seizing Congress using the United States military. I'm ordering them, you know, what they do in other countries when there's a real coup or real insurrection, use the force of the state and the guns and the military, the, the guns that they have and the military power to say, I'm actually in charge now and no one else can take this from me. Um, and then let's say that person, uh, is, you know, grabbed by the, you know, by the FBI or whatever. I don't even know how this plays out. And then is facing criminal charges from the government and from Congress. I don't think he'd be able to say, "I have total immunity because well, I did yes. it while I'm president." And, and I don't, I don't way, think that would fly. John's argument is about the impeachment trial, which is interesting. But an impeachment trial only removes someone from office; it doesn't put someone in prison. So, trying to argue, and I don't think the Supreme Court is going to go down this path, that. Uh, now, if you want to argue that it is a political, I, I like our caller. He's yeah. wrong because you can have a state charge for the same act and then a federal charge for the same act, and it's not considered double jeopardy right now. So, if you yeah. can be charged under state law and under federal law for the exact same thing, which happens all the time all across the country, you're not going to say, "Oh, well, there was a trial by Congress, therefore there can't be federal criminal charges." That's not that's not going to work. Jessica in San Antonio, fire away. Going. We're great. I think I think you asked Good. how we were doing. We're doing great. What you got for us? Good. Okay, so I, you know, I watched that uh, speech that Joe Biden gave right when I walked out of the house um, today, and it's terrifying uh, <laughs> to know. I mean, me and my husband just stare in shock at the screen. And um, this man, I mean, we should be doing a lot better um, in the polls against him. And I think you know Trump has a lot against him. You talk about bringing in those voters who are maybe looking for something different. You know. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I'm going to vote for Trump. It's going to be my first time ever voting for a Republican. But, okay, I, I think his VP pick is going to make a big difference. I've talked to you guys about this before. I think Huckabee Sanders, which I hear a lot of your, you know, the people coming on talking about she might be a positive choice for him. I disagree. Women don't vote for women just because they're women. women so who would you pick? Who Who is the best VP in your mind Jessica Trump could pick? But the best in my my mind personally would be RFK Jr. They could run on a unity ticket. How beautiful would like Trump Kennedy look? You know, I also you know, like I, this caller, but what she's saying is not going to happen in a million years. <laughs> but I appreciate the call very much. I'm glad that Jessica's on the right team coming up in 24. We'll talk more about VP and more next. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 